next season with Dustin Wolf coming in, I think that gives you a legitimate third option to push the other two to perform. And maybe he could even take over a backup spot from Vladar, who I mentioned has not been good for the past two years. You're now listening to the Voice in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Welcome to episode 166 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Just Cody and Melbourne with you for this one. Uh, Abrams unable to uh, to join us this week, but uh, he'll be back with us next week. Chad, how you doing, man? Uh, the weather is looking great, finally. Uh, summer is right around the corner. The NHL playoffs are right around the corner as well. Thursday, the regular season wraps up which is hard to believe, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, three teams as of right now. We don't know what's going to happen with the Pittsburgh Penguins at this moment, uh, who just lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in regulation, which is just crazy since uh, playoffs are on the line for them, but we're going to be talking about three teams that just missed out on the wild card spots, uh, both in the West and the East, but before we get into all that, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, Thank you. It's a busy time of the year. I'm in exams right now. I've finished two final papers, wrote an exam this morning, and I have one more left. So I'm almost at that finish line uh, to start the summer. And you mentioned it. Boy, it feels like summer today. Uh, Spring is here. It has officially entered the chat. It's in the conversation. But you know who isn't in the conversation, Uh, the playoff conversation, that is, the Buffalo Sabres and the other two teams that we're going to talk about this episode. So you know what? That's a little bit of a jab. I am excited to talk about these three teams, though, because uh, personally, I think they're all still pretty good teams and could make the playoffs next year. So I was sad to see your Sabres go out, but uh, excited to talk about them this episode. Yeah, definitely. And uh, before we get into all of that, uh, do you want to do a little better? Betting corner quick? Yeah, absolutely. So let's get right into the betting corner. All right, welcome to the Boys in the Booth Betting Corner, presented by our newest sponsor, BetStamp, the line shopping app for sports bettors. Uh, if you don't know what BetStamp app is, essentially betting lines have different odds across each sports book, and by using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all those different sports books to ensure that you're finding the best odds available for the bets that you would already be making. So my bet for this week, Harper, and I hope that you hop on and, uh, and and bet this as well. Toronto and New York, the Rangers, that is, play on Thursday. So tomorrow, April 13th, it's the last regular season game of the year for the Maple Leafs. They're plus 120 on Pinnacle, uh, which is some pretty good value. But if you go into the BetStamp app and check, uh, the worst value is on BetVictor at plus 105. So on Pinnacle, you're getting the best value there, and I figured that out by going to the BetStamp app. Also, in that game, the odds aren't live yet, but... Mitch Marner is sitting on 99 points with one more game to go this season. I say he gets to 100 in that game, so I'm going to hammer the over 0.5 points for Mitch Marner in that game against the Rangers. What do you think about those two bets? 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh, I think the uh, the Leafs win that game over the Rangers, uh, and I, I think Marner gets to a hundred points for the first time in his career. Absolutely, I think that uh, it has potential to be a high scoring affair, and that Marner could get a couple of points in that game. And so uh, I'm thinking, you know, a goal and an assist, or a pair of assists, since uh, he's primarily a setup guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he gets to. 100 points with one game to go and you know that he'll be determined to get to that number you know he's going to be thinking about it going into that game against new york on thursday so yeah i'll take those all day long nice and a couple more things to add just before we wrap up the betting corner here uh marner had 97 last year like we said sitting on 99 this year so you're right he's he's definitely trying to get to that 100 number and him and Matthews sat last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, so you know that they'll both be rested and ready to go. Thirdly, it's the last game before playoffs. They'll be energized to, to, to get going into that postseason, so I just think everything is aligning for Mitch Marner to get his 100th point and for the Maple Leafs to win. So uh, those are the two bets I'm picking. On the day of, so tomorrow, I'll be going into the BetStamp app to make sure that I get the best value for Mitch Marner over 0.5 points um, and use the sports book that it tells you to do so there. So click the link in the description down below to download the BetStamp app today. And when you do, provide the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps when prompted to let them know that we sent you. Awesome. There's another edition of uh, the Boys in the Booth betting corner presented by our friends at BetStamp. All right, Chad, uh, as we mentioned off the top, we're going to talk about three teams, two in the West, one in the East, of course, my my Buffalo Sabres, uh, who just missed out on wild card spots uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And let's start with the Calgary Flames in the West. So 91 points, uh, currently sitting four points back of the Winnipeg Jets, who clinched a playoff spot, of course. Um, 17 overtime and shootout losses, the most in the NHL for the Calgary Flames, although they did go on a nice little run towards the end, 6-2-2 in their last 10 games. Brad Tree Living, you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, don't know if he's going to be back as the general manager next season. His contract is expiring uh, at the end of the season here. He doesn't have an extension in place right now. He did make a, uh, a nice effort to improve this hockey team and pivot after losing two huge parts of this team last offseason. We've talked about it a lot uh, with the losses of Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau. This team had expectations, and it just flat out was not good enough. I think luck has a lot to do with it, a very unlucky team, but man, it just wasn't good enough. A disappointing season for the Calgary Flames. Your thoughts? Yeah, disappointing to say the least, and I'm glad you mentioned luck because that's something that I wanted to touch on when talking about this team, but right off the bat, like you mentioned, 17 overtime and shootout losses, that's ridiculous, like unheard of. I can't believe that they've lost that many games uh, in extra time. It's just crazy. So right there, I mean, that signals to you that this team can be better. They're just losing a bunch of one-goal games, and a lot of that has come down to goaltending and not being able to get a goal when you need one. But um, I'm not overly worried about Calgary heading into next season. 
Like you mentioned, a lot of things changed. Obviously, they brought in Huberto. He didn't live up to expectations this season, um, and Uyghur as well. You know, I think a lot of that though has to do with these two players fitting into a brand new system with all new teammates uh, on a team that, frankly, isn't coached very well by Daryl Sutter. So, when mentioning you know Brad Tree living and whether or not he'll be back. To me, the bigger question is whether or not Sutter will be back. I know that Tree Living doesn't have a contract, but I think the real problem for this team is coaching. Um, So I I just had to get that out there. In terms of offense, though, like the the big problem for this team, obviously after losing those two weapons, is the fact that they didn't have any one singular player to replace that scoring that they lost in Goudreau and Kachuk. Tyler Toffoli led the team this year in points. Um, and then guys like Lindholm, Kadri, and Backlund are all arguably more impactful offensively than Huberto's been this season, which just can't happen when you trade or, or when, when you sign a guy like Huberto uh, like they did in that massive trade. So, you know, just disappointing there. I will say they did get massive growth from guys like Dylan Dubé um, and, and Anderson as well, both offensively and defensively. Um, I think Mangiapane might have taken a step back, but you know overall the depth is kind of there. A guy like Blake Coleman is having a decent year as well. But in terms of luck, like it's just been an abysmal season for this team. And I remember, you know, maybe a month ago now or so, you you sent me a post, and it was it was basically like all of the luck stats that were going against Calgary this season. Most games decided by one goal, most losses by one goal, most overtime and shootout losses, most posts hit, fewest third period comebacks, most losses when out shooting opponents by 10 plus shots. And that was an NHL record that they set this year. So just a lot of things not going their way. I'll add to that as well. They're currently seventh in expected goals for in the NHL, but not there in terms of actual goals for. So they're scoring below expected. And then when it comes to goaltending as well, both their guys haven't been good enough. Vladar last year wasn't good at all, and this year he's been even worse. But Markstrom last year was ranked, uh, you know, around top 10 in the league in terms of goal saved above expected. I believe he finished 12th. This year, I looked it up, finished, or is currently sitting in 76th. So a lot of things not going right for Calgary, but if I'm going to do this for for all three teams and sort of give a diagnosis and and what we see them doing next, I would say, you know, the diagnosis for this team is they were just very unlucky, unlucky. And for next steps, I would just say, stay the course, maybe add a piece or two, but let these guys fit into this system and maybe get a new coach and go from there. But generally not too worried about Calgary. It's just tough that one Canadian team isn't making the playoffs and it's only by a few points. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said. And I agree with all of that. I think the big thing here is, is coaching. I just think that, uh, you know, there, there have been a lot of reports out there that sort of the, uh, the Daryl Sutter act has kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's weared really thin on, on the players. And, you know, he's, he's an old school guy, you know, he is a hell of a coach. We know that he's been very successful in this league. He won the Jack Adams for best coach in the league last season. But I just think that 
that old school mentality. I think it just it really um, it was was wearing thin with players in that locker room this season, and uh, was just a really really tough year. I think going into it with all of the changes and everything. So I really do think that this team would benefit from a coaching change. And uh, you know, I mentioned that. Brad Tree Living, the general manager, doesn't have a contract extension yet. I would think that, um, and I would agree with you, that it's more likely that Tree Living is back rather than Daryl Sutter, who is who, who did get a contract extension, uh, by the way, from Brad Tree Living, which is interesting. But um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, the coach is more likely to be gone than the general manager. And uh, for the Calgary Flames, we've seen this before. We've, we've heard Brad Tree Living say before that uh, this is a good hockey team. They just underachieved. And so I think there's that and also the fact that they were really unlucky so I think that this team will be back next year. And uh, in, in terms of what's next also, I think they have to give more opportunities to the younger players coming up. We saw a player like Walker Dewar really come into his own down the stretch. Uh, Jacob Peltier, Dustin Wolf, who's only lost nine regulation games in the American Hockey League this season. He just looks like a, a potential franchise goaltender for this team, um, which uh, which is really encouraging given the fact that Markstrom and Vladar had such tough seasons between the pipes for this team. You've got Matt Coronado, who just signed out of the NCAA as well. So they've got guys coming, and they've got guys right now. I think they're a good team, but they just need to be better utilized and play a better system and they'll be right back in the playoffs next season yeah i totally agree and and just to round out the conversation on calgary i think the main point that i wanted to stress was their goaltending hasn't been very good and you mentioned that as well next season with dustin wolf coming in i think that gives you a legitimate third option to push the other two to perform and maybe he could even take over a backup spot from Vladar who I mentioned has not been good for the past two years so having a third goalie who is waiver uh, exempt I don't know if Wolf will be next season I would imagine so though I think he's still pretty young but uh, having a, a third goalie who's waiver exempt who you can send up and up and down similar to a guy like Joseph Wool in Toronto now who's sort of established himself as, as an NHL goalie Piotr Kachetkov is another guy I think about. There are a lot of good young third goalies who push the other two, and I think Wolf could be that next season for the Calgary Flames. And also, too, Jacob Pelche, you know, in his limited time with the Flames this year, has played pretty well. And, like, I just go back to that Sutter quote in the first game that he played where they asked him, you know, what did you think of Pelche tonight? And Sutter goes, what number was he? And then he reads his stats off of the game sheet. So I, I think that message from the coach is lost pretty quickly. And I think a coach like that, similar to Tortorella and some other guys around the league, might be beneficial to bring into a team who like needs it right now to get over the hump, you know, like a one year type thing, which is kind of what we saw Sutter do last year in Calgary. But I think the message has gone stale. I mean, obviously. Yeah. So uh, coaching seems to be uh, the other avenue where they can improve the most. And uh, going into next season as well, it's important to note with Calgary that uh, uh, they have a lot of guys on expiring contracts as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see 
what Calgary is like and how they're faring um, you know, around the NHL trade deadline next year because they could either be buyers or big-time sellers and potentially be kingmakers at next year's deadline if things don't go well and they've got all of those guys on expiring deals. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Flames, but I agree with you. I think next year they'll be fine. And now, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Whether you're staying active or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, it's non-GMO, and it's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors, but my personal favorite right now is lemon lime. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at checkout. That's 20% off anything in the store when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is also sponsored by the best ticket app out there, SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. All right, let's move on to uh, the other team in the West who just missed out. Surprisingly, they stayed in it right up until the end, pretty much. The Nashville Predators, they finished uh, just a point behind the Calgary Flames. Of course, they ended uh, the Flames' postseason hopes the other night with a shootout win. Tommy Novak with a really nice goal in that shootout to win it. Man, you got to give Nashville a lot of credit after David Poyle completely sold at the deadline, trading out guys like Matthias Ekholm and uh, Tanner Janot for a bunch of assets, uh, just to name a few. They also had injuries to key guys like Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. But uh, you got to give Nashville a lot of credit, man. They stayed in it right until the end, pretty much. Uh, what do you have to say about the Nashville Predators? Yeah, I mean, right off the top, it's extremely impressive that they stayed in the race at all after selling at the deadline. You know, not a lot of teams would be able to do that. And, you know, that's just good cap management and roster management and asset management by David Poyle and company. And, you know, when he steps down, I think this team is in good hands as well going forward. So, you know, Nashville is in a bit of an interesting spot right now because, they have a lot of good players on the roster now, and they have good young players coming up as well to round it out. So, you know, if I'm Nashville, I think I look at this season as just a year where they underperformed a bit, ran into some injuries. Um, and, you know, the, the other side of the coin, they did uh, expect some regression this year from the season prior but I think heading into next season you hope that you can get performance from your key guys somewhere in between where they were last year and how they've performed this year and I'm talking about guys like Duchesne and Forsberg who you know have both been good this year but 
Roman Yossi is leading the team in points, and he hasn't even played the full season. So, you know, that's that's a bit of a problem. He's a defenseman. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, we mentioned unluckiness for Calgary. I think that can be a theme for Nashville as well this season. Um, when I just looked into it quickly, it, you know, in terms of goals saved or sorry, goals for below expected, they're currently the unluckiest team in the league in that stat. They have the most goals for below expected. They've scored the fewest goals uh, compared to what they were expected to score this year. That's how that stat works. So unlucky, yes, that can be one reason for that number. Also, not having elite finishers, that can be another reason. But again, I think you're looking to kind of put the last season and this season in perspective and find a healthy middle ground that's sustainable for this team because I don't think last season's performance or this season's is entirely representative of what this team is. So, you know, if they didn't have UC Saros, who knows where they would be in the standings right now. He's been one of the best goalies in the NHL. Um, But I think as long as they have him on their roster, they shouldn't rebuild and they should just keep trying to build going forward and into next year. Yeah, like down the stretch, it it became clear that uh, this is a team that doesn't need to do a a full rebuild. And I think that um, we we got an answer to a pretty good question with this organization down the stretch, and that's that they have some really good young players who really took a step. Tommy Novak, in particular, fantastic down the stretch for for Nashville and is already at a really good age. He's not as young as I thought. He's already 25 years old you know evangelista philip tomasino and uh and others as well and um they're they're gonna have a a good amount of draft picks in these next two drafts as well Uh, looking at the 2023 draft they've got two first rounders two seconds three thirds and three picks in the fourth round as well so um you know with with nashville just have a good draft this summer and then next year just come right back and healthy and be competitive again and look to get into the playoffs and man like as long as you have UC Soros you have a chance and I think that if they were able to squeak into the playoffs there's always a chance that they could steal a series or two um, with a guy like UC Soros who just played out of his mind down the stretch for this team. So I was really impressed with Nashville and uh, and how they played down the stretch. All of the odds were against them. It looked like they were having fun. Sometimes a team needs that, like just for the pressure and expectations to kind of be um, taken off a little bit. And it's clear that they were with this team. And uh, they just played hockey. They played well. And they stayed in it right till the end, which is not what we expected. So moving forward, I'm uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, the Predators are going to stay competitive. Definitely. A couple things uh, to wrap up on the Preds. First, I was a bit upset earlier in the year when they placed Ellie Tolvanen on waivers. Um, to me, that didn't make any sense and wasn't very good asset management just because the guy wasn't producing uh, in the NHL at the time. At the clip that you expected him to doesn't mean that he's not a good player and deserves to be placed on waivers. So I didn't like that move in terms of asset management, but... They kind of made up for it by trading Tanner Janot for for an entire draft class from the Tampa Bay Lightning, basically. So, you know, it, it kind of evens out when you put the two side by side, for me anyways. Um, and then the second thing, UC Saros. Like, we've talked about how good 
this goaltender is, and this year especially, he's been, you know, like currently right now, Money Puck, he's ranked number one in terms of goal saved above expected. That's my favorite number. Um, that's just incredible. And if you're picking a Vesna winner right now, and maybe we should do this in a full episode, but... I mean, he might have my vote. I mean, there's only a couple other guys who are in that conversation right now who are who have been as good as UC Saros this year. One is Ilya Sorokin, and the other one is Linus Olmark. And to me, like, I look at those three teams and, you know, I, I look at the numbers through and through, and, and I look at the team defense, and I just think that what Saros is doing on this team is extremely, extremely impressive. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, you know, given the the fact that uh, a guy like Allmark has just a powerhouse of a team in, in front of him, and you'd think that Saros and his numbers would suffer a little bit uh, after all the moves that Nashville made at the deadline and the injuries and everything. But uh, if anything, he got better down the stretch and uh, and just played out of his mind. So, um, yeah, Saros is, is unbelievable. And as long as they have him... Predators always have a chance. All right, man. Well, uh, those are the uh, the two that just missed out in the West, and uh, we're just going to talk about one team in the East that that missed out, and uh, that is my Buffalo Sabers. Uh, obviously, uh, it was you know. Uh, an uphill battle the odds were kind of stacked against them if if I have this correct and and please you know forgive me if if I don't but basically they needed to win their three remaining games and one of um Florida the Islanders or Pittsburgh needed to lose all three of their remaining games I think I've got that right I I think the only uh, thing that I would add to that is I think uh, uh, the Panthers were already clinched at the time. Oh, so I yes. think it was just between the Islanders and the Penguins. Right. One of them had to lose out and then Buffalo had to win out. And right. you know what? Like They came close. Pittsburgh did lose to Chicago last night as we saw, which is just unacceptable. <laughs> and if we recorded this episode in a couple days from now, uh, we would be talking about four teams, and one of them would be either the Islanders or the Penguins, because one of them has to miss. You know, There's a lot of good teams in the East, but because we're recording it today, Buffalo's the team that just missed out, and only by a couple points. Yeah, exactly. So 87 points, uh, obviously a huge improvement for this team this year. 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 games down the stretch, and uh, a heartbreaking loss to uh, the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday night. So um, Buffalo out of playoff contention, but uh, man, looking at this team and the youth, you know, you, you look at it as just a really positive growth year for this uh, for this team, and next year they have to make the playoffs. I mean, you know, being in it right here and in, in in April towards the uh, the bitter end. Um, it's kind of exciting that for the first time in a long time, uh, the Sabres have expectations now, and the expectation is that they will make the playoffs next season. You saw what Devin Levi was able to come in and do for this team, and just so impressive that um, you know a 21-year-old kid just coming out of out of uh, out of college was able to come in and play important games down the stretch 
for this hockey team. So really happy for uh, for my Sabres. Uh, Chad obviously would have loved to see them get in, but I think the fact that they were playing meaningful games um, all the way up to game 80 in uh, in the season here in in April, I think that uh, that's a, a real credit to Don Granado and and the rest of the organization and the players for uh, for getting to this point. And we certainly didn't expect it. I I don't think so. Uh, job well done, and really looking forward to this team next year, man, and for years to come. Like you see the direction they're going in, and uh, it's just going to keep getting better from here. For sure. The only problem with where the Sabres are right now is that the Atlantic and the East in general is just so, so tight. And there are a lot of good teams at the top, especially. So I look at the Atlantic and, you know, looking forward to next season, I think to myself, okay, Boston is might get a little bit worse they're probably not going to be president's trophy winners by a country mile again next season and if they are you know clip this and that would be great but they're probably not going anywhere toronto is keeping their all their guys together they're probably not going anywhere tampa same group probably not going anywhere florida had a bit of a a rocky start to this season but have been really good down the stretch i think they've figured out how to play with the new pieces that they have and won't be losing a ton of players next season their core is set um and then you know you've got your buffaloes montreals ottawa's and uh detroit's who are all kind of right there i think of those four uh buffalo and ottawa have kind of separated themselves yeah a little bit with which is nice to see and we could have easily talked about ottawa this episode as well because i think you know they were in the hunt for for quite a bit and they had an expectation of maybe making the playoffs this year as well but man like you've got six really good competitive teams now in the atlantic and then going over to the metro like who's getting worse there you know is next year finally the year where both pittsburgh and washington start their rebuilds you know who i guess washington kind of did this season but Pitt was right in it and i mean at the time of recording now are currently still in it and could make the playoffs so just who knows man that's why it's tough to place expectations on teams in these divisions because the east is just wild right now and i was looking earlier today the top four teams uh, and almost the top five teams because the Rangers, I believe, are one point back of Vegas. But the top four teams in the East would have won the the Western Conference if they were in that yeah. conference in terms of points yeah. right now. Like that's how stacked the Eastern Conference is and top heavy as well. So all of that said, you know, I look at the Sabers and I think yes, this is a team who could make the playoffs next year, and I really hope they do, just for your sake and and for entertainment's sake, um, you know, to end that league-long drought and to get Jeff Skinner into into some playoff games as well. Um, But, man, like, just aside from all that, let's just appreciate how good this season was for this team. Absolutely. You know, you've you've got three players four technically who are kind of in and around a point per game you know tage and tuck are both above a point per game then you've got skinner and dalene hovering right around that which is just incredible like dalene had an absolute breakout year this year and i'm just so happy for the guy he's one of my favorite defensemen in the league and then 
some really good secondary scoring is finally starting to come through for this team. You know, you've got Dylan Cousins quietly having almost 70 points this year. And Casey Middlestad, too, quietly almost 60 points this year. I think he's sitting at like 55 or so. Yeah. So, like, just looking up and down this, this roster up front, that is, a lot of really good pieces already and guys coming, like Paterka, uh, for example, is is one of the guys in the wings. So up front, they're looking really good going forward. On the back end, you know, first full season for Owen Power. That's great. He's only going to get better. So, like, to me, this team is in a great spot. But as we mentioned, goaltending is key. And they have to figure that out. Whether it's going to be Devin Levi, whether it's going to be UPL, it sounds like it's probably not going to be UPL. I, you know, rumors that... We've heard that they, they don't love his game, the style that he plays. But if they figure out goaltending and and can string together some wins that way and get a few steals, you know, have a few games stolen from your goaltender, then I could easily see them being in a playoff spot next season. But like I said, let's just enjoy where they are right now. Such a great year, a great last 10 games down the stretch. And uh, it's just exciting to, to be a Sabres fan for you, it must be. It, it really is, man. I, I, you know, I haven't felt this good about this team in such a long time. And we've obviously talked about it uh, in, in different pockets of the year. But, yeah, just to be able to do this episode and still be talking about them and the fact that they just missed out is uh, is really positive. So a really great year for growth. I couldn't be happier. It's only going to get better. Kyle Oposo said it best, man, that they, you know, um, he felt that they really became a team this year. And uh, it's just the culture is finally right there for the first time in a long time. Two things, really, that they have to figure out in, in terms of what's next that... Um, Kevin Adams is going to have to make some decisions on this summer. You've got too many goaltenders, as we mentioned. I think this is probably it for Craig Anderson, um, although would love to have him back in, in some role in the organization just because I think he's been fantastic. But with his age, the miles he's put on his body, I think this is pretty much it. He was only playing once a week down the stretch. Eric Comrie still has another year on his deal, so we'll see with him. Do they move on from him even though he's got a year left? And then UPL, still a young kid, a big kid as well, but we've seen reports, like you said, that they don't particularly love his game, and we've seen it before with him, kind of, it's up and down, like it looks like he's coming and he's going to be the guy, and then not so much, he's not quite ready. So um, if I were a betting man, I would say that it's going to be Levi and someone else, that they could very well go out and get someone else and, you know, make a deal to send UPL elsewhere or Comrie or or whoever. And then I think that, um, you know, it would benefit to add another defenseman as well. I think that, uh, you know, they had a lot of trouble defending in their own end this season at a lot of times. Three young uh, young guys, left shot D and Dowline Samuelson and Owen Power that put on a, a lot um, that, you know, they they were riding pretty heavy all year long. So maybe getting a, another veteran defenseman back there could really help them out. But up front, no question, this team has a lot of offensive talent, can score goals, and uh, yeah, but all in all, just really excited about about 
this team moving forward, man. A really, really positive year. I couldn't be any happier. Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe even this offseason is the year or, or the time that we see Buffalo go out and, and maybe try to land, you know, a, a top pair defenseman, you know, on the same kind of caliber as, you know, these players don't come around often. But I'm just thinking about, you know, teams who have done it in the past and Dougie Hamilton comes to mind, right? In, yeah. in New Jersey. Like that was a guy who, you know, that was a statement from the Devils saying, okay, we're ready to compete now. So maybe the Sabres do something similar and it transforms their team, similar to what uh, Hamilton did in New Jersey. So a lot to think about there, a lot of tough decisions coming up for this team in the offseason. If it were me, if I were the GM, I think I would bring in Levi as their third goalie to start. I would pencil him in as number three next year because, like I said, I think there's a lot of value in that, in having a guy who is waiver-exempt, who can go up and down to the minors, and you know who is also good and going to be pushing your other two goalies as well. So I don't know who I like better between Comrie and UPL. I think it's probably UPL. Um, yeah. Comrie didn't look great this year, but... I mean, you know, it's an experiment. You never know. You only have so many numbers to go off of, and it was just one that didn't work out. You know, it happens all the time. It happened in Toronto with Peter Mrazek. So, you know, it's it's it just is what it is. So I could see uh, some, some shuffling of the goaltenders next year, adding a defenseman. But all in all, just this team is getting ready to compete next year. And looking forward to next season, how fun would it be if – the Leafs can play the Sabres in the first round. Oh, well... It's a possibility. We, we'd be going, that's for sure. Whether it's Toronto or Buffalo, probably Buffalo, because it'd be a lot cheaper, yeah. I, I think. But we would, uh, we'd be going for sure. And, you know, again, just the last thing... Really nice to uh, see a game this year, finally, with uh, with you and, and Case and, uh, of course, our good buddy John Kiriakou and uh, and Skyler as well. But uh, but late in the season, down the stretch, when it actually mattered, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it would have been great to just go see a game, but for the game to actually matter down the stretch and for them to, to get the win as well when we were there, that was really cool. So, yeah, exciting things to come for this team, man. But uh, I think all three of these teams going to be interesting to see what they do next. But, um, you know, positive things all around for for all three of these teams, I think, going into to next season. So, um, anyway, that wraps up uh, episode 166. Thanks for listening to this one. And uh, thanks again to Brett Bonestiel um, for, for coming on the last episode. If you haven't listened to that one yet and uh, you're looking for something uh, moving and inspirational, you got to listen to his story, man. I mean, it was just uh, incredible, eye-opening, um, you know, a, a whole, a, a lot of other words that, that you could say to, to describe how that conversation was. So uh, go and listen to that if you haven't done so already. But thanks for listening to this one, and we'll talk to you again next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash boysinthebooth.